Hey, it's time for Driven by Design, the only show that shows you the future of automotive design with that driven designer himself, Brian Thompson. Hey, Brian. Hey! <laughs> Boy, I, I'm you, in a mood today. You got some coffee in you today. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, I've had two. Actually, I get these little ones from Phil's, the mojito one, and they like they kind of buzz me up. Okay. So I'm on today. Are they sponsoring the show now? I, you know what? Maybe they should be. <laughs> Let's talk to them later. Drink at <laughs> Phil's. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you have exceeded my expectations, my friend here. Yeah. You have brought in a childhood hero of mine here. I may not have known the name, but I certainly knew the brand. You got in somebody who uh, once worked with uh, the my childhood I, uh, toys that I still have preciously saved 60 years later, Hot Wheels and Matchbox. Hot Wheels and Matchbox. Yeah, oh, this yeah. is a, a real treat today. Uh, Felix Holst is here with me. And Felix and I met a couple times in our career. Uh, we came to ke- so we se- seem to keep meeting over and over again. We met uh, right after I left Nissan. I was designing a car for a man named Tom Matano, who was former head of Mazda. And we created this little car. And then as it got close to production, we decided we need a Hot Wheels made of this thing. And so we, uh, we went to Hot Wheels. And Felix was there. And um, we hit it off. Uh, and that he got to see this Great car, of course. The What's car that conversation like? You just got to give us a little back. So you just, just call them up out of the blue and say, hey, we're with Mazda and we think you should make this car. And do they go, oh boy, or do they go, no, what? we got enough of those. How, what's your recollection of that interaction? With- I'll tell you, it was at a time, it was at a time with a brand where my, my marketing partner, Simon, and I were looking to the future and like what what's going to happen in this culture that we represent. And around that time, and I forget who it was. Maybe it was Tom. It might have been um, Tom who actually made the introduction to Hot Wheels and put the, you know, put the proposal forward that the, 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 the you had a very very interesting car. Oh, see there. Um, all right, time over. See you <laughs> later. That's it. That was um, it. That's done. Um, yeah, the, you had. You had a very the thought police saying, "All right, enough of this right here." Okay. <laughs> that was the boring police. No. Um, <laughs> The, no, they, they were like, we've got a very interesting proposition. Would you like to have a look at this car? It's going to be, you know, it was, I can't remember what the idea was. There was some Apple tie-in with it and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. And so yeah. we were like, yeah, of course, this is this is exactly the kind of thing we're looking for. And you guys rolled in with the car. Yeah, yeah, it was a real and car. we put it in the gallery and we stood around and looked at it. You demonstrated it. And uh, <laughs> and then we walked away and said, well, if it all comes, if, it, if they pull it off, <laughs> If they it make it, great. we'll make That's, it. Maybe we can do, and I think that, I think the discussion was, it's actually, this is very relevant to later on in this, in this yeah, conversation. Yeah, it will be. I think the conversation was around customizing like dealer customization like could hot wheels provide um wraps or graphics mm-hmm. or was there a sticker pack that you could mm-hmm. get or what would we do um to make this 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 very very simple car appeal to um the youth yeah and that's one of the reasons i wanted to bring in uh you felix because your your background with i want to talk to you about two main things your background with hot wheels and matchbox today and then also what you're doing now which is really really cool about the future of automotive design and where manufacturing is going so i think that you know that that was a little foreshadowing of, of what was coming in the car industry this idea of customizing or personalizing a vehicle uh but of course like many startups that vehicle did not come to fruition and we moved on and then we met again on the set of a tv show called Motor City Masters, where he was a judge, I was a contestant, and then we saw each other across the room, and I was like, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to know you. <laughs> oh, the fix was in. Yeah, yeah the yeah. contestant knew the yeah. judge. Yeah, right. I, I like to call it the TV show that was a na- na- worldwide TV show that no one watched, but also never stops airing. So I keep getting, now, now it's like in Thailand they're airing it, and I've been dubbed in all these different languages, and I get all these Facebook friend requests from <laughs> other sides of the world. But anyway, enough about me. Let's talk more about me. No, let's talk about you, Felix. Um, tell me, okay, so you, I think that Hot Wheels is dear to everybody's heart. You know, whether you're a car person or not, you've always had little toy matchboxes and Hot Wheels. And I'd love for you to talk about 
What is it? Well, first of all, tell me the difference between Hot Wheels and Matchbox because they're they're so similar. Uh, well, so there's there's a historical difference. Mm-hmm. Um, Matchbox goes all the way back to the early fifties, um, and it was all about replication and using then fairly new techniques in die casting to make small toys for kids. Right, mm-hmm. and the original the original Matchbox was literally a tiny little road roller that fit in a Matchbox because. The founders, the founders' um, child could could take one toy to school in 1952, I guess, as long as it fit in a matchbox. Mm-hmm. And so he he ran a die casting factory, and so he made a little like a, a little steam engine or a road roller or something that fit in a matchbox. And of course, when 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 her friends saw it, everybody wanted one. Oh. and so matchbox was born. That's how it started. So it was born out of of tiny replicas of vehicles for kids. And of course, at that point, there was nothing more exciting than seeing a, you know, a milk, a milk, a milk delivery truck or or a, or a or a very austere British car driving down the road because post-war England, mm-hmm. you didn't see many cars, and 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 so it, it went from strength to strength and strength and became a huge company. And I think that's an important thing to 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 to, to note here that Mashbox was always to me about proportion. They got the proportions of the car correct. As a little like budding car designer, I I, I could notice that Matchbox were different from Hot Wheels because they they really looked like the cars. Whereas Hot Wheels, now you tell me a bit about, about were were different. Yeah. So I mean, fast forward fast forward to the late '60s, and of course, um, California. Not just Californian hot rod culture, but but hot rod culture had had been in full effect for nearly twenty years in the U.S. And um, Matchbox was still the toy car brand. Mm-hmm. And of course, Elliot Handler at Mattel was always looking for new innovation. Barbie had had, had come up through the fifties and had taken the world by storm. And one of his um, engineers had come up with these kind of wire axles and a very simple rig that rolled across the table really quickly. Um, and Matchbox cars had these like steel pin axles. They were literally like nails with a couple right. of little tiny plastic wheels on Wobbly. them. So yeah. while they did roll, mm-hmm. they didn't roll well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Elliot was looking for how do I how do I take advantage of this new kind of performance um, chassis that I've developed? And he looked out into the parking lot. A performance lot. chassis a, for a, t- a one-inch car, a yeah. two-inch car, yeah. Yeah. Hence, I mean, hot wheels. I mean, you take it for granted now, but at the time, there was no toy on the market for, 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 from that perspective that, that, was, that, was, lit, that was genuinely fast. Mm-hmm. Like, um, when you roll an original red line, and you feel the sprung, the sprung axles. And for people who don't know a red line are the original Hot Wheels with the red line on the wheel. Yeah, right. Ah, the early, the early okay. few years, the yeah. red line. And they, did, they, they, they achieved it with, like a, I think it was like a Delrin bearing in the wheels. Right. And then it had these wire axles, super low friction, and then also this very, very softly sprung wire suspension that was in the chassis. And so all of that meant these things, they almost felt like they were gliding on air and they were very, very quick. Quick. Can I, hence the world hot, hot Wheels because they were hot and they were fast. The performance aspect. Yes, go ahead, Paul. Can I just throw in my own personal perspective? I'm in my mid-60s now here, so I lived this moment. And I collected, I grew up in car culture, as I've said here. My Everybody's dad in Detroit worked for a car company. We were all, they're all execs. And we all wanted to collect the toys that daddy made and sold. And then Hot Wheels came along, and it blew our mind. It, it, it made my dad crazy because they didn't look like anything he sold. They they looked like 
Ed Roth and uh, Big Daddy Roth and all the hot, the Batmobile kind of cars that they were making, you know, out here in California. George uh, Barris. George Barris. Yes, yeah, exactly. And and that's a key part of Hot Wheels is that where for uh, as Matchbox was sort of replicating, it seems like Hot Wheels had a more creative side to them. Oh. They they what you just say they would exact doesn't didn't hasn't it always been part of Hot Wheels DNA to exaggerate something oh, I mean, on the car? So, so Hot Wheels was Hot Wheels was born out of hot rod culture Mm -hmm. it was not born out of staid replication from day one um you know the the and and i used to know this off the top of my head but there was the kind of five tenants of hot wheels which was big and little wheels uh chrome exhausts blown motors spectrally impaired blown motors all these things sticking on the sticking up like they're as big as the whole car itself impossible to see around (laughs) (laughs) it was to most and to most people in the 50s and around in this at that time and around the world um, you know, it was a fantasy play, but the reality was that that Elliot Handler had been out on the street and trying to find like what's the hook, mm-hmm. and he was surrounded by candy paint jobs in California on hot rods. And in fact, um, uh, Harry Bradley, who was the first the first Hot Wheels designer, who was a GM designer and had done time at Chrysler, um, and 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 was hired by Elliot to come and be the designer for his new toy line. Um, uh, Harry had a fantasy that he wanted everything was going to be very very futuristic car design it was mm-hmm. all going to be very sleek forms and, and and but he he had at the time a custom El Camino pickup and it was chopped and it had red line tires and it had crazy paint and it had some asymmetry in it and I think it had some velocity stacks through the hood and that might have been the car evolved when you look into it the car evolved over 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 decades um but he pulled into the driveway, and 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 um, uh, Elliot Handler, the founder of Mattel, legend has mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. that he stood there and went, and he was having a discussion um, about the styling direction for Hot Wheels, and he turned around and said, "Now them's some Hot Wheels." No, <laughs> and, uh, and, and so got it was the born. name and, and the and, brand. And, and, and Harry yeah. didn't stay with the company long because he still, I, I believe, he still wanted to to really take car design seriously and push right. the boundaries of car design at the time. Um, but he did pen the first, certainly the first year, the, the original sixteen, um, possibly. So in, the original, uh, Mar- the, the original offering was sixteen cars, 16 with cars. the red lines. Yeah. Okay, and, uh, I didn't know the, that. the majority of them were actually licensed cars. Mm-hmm. Real cars. Um, yeah. There was definitely at least there was at least one Ed Roth bubble top. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I would get it wrong if I tell you which one it was. Um, um, it wasn't Mysterion. It was. Um, Oh, there are so well, many. It might have been Beatnik Bandit. I can't, yeah. I can't remember. Um, but let me ju- I just want to reiterate for those who don't know this and didn't live through that. When they came out, it was revolutionary. Not because just the design, which was everything bigger and huge. And maybe this is an inappropriate thing to say, but it's sort of the same thing happened with comic books. We went from, you know, these very... Uh, stayed Batman, uh, uh, Superman comics to these explosive Marvel comics where the superheroes had giant muscles and the women had giant breasts (laughs) and suddenly the cars had giant engines and everything was just expanded and explosive. Yeah, I grew up wanting to be those guys. I remember. Those were my influences. The cars are the superheroes. (laughs) I wanted to turn myself into a superhero car. Yeah, right. (laughs) But they went fast, whereas I wasn't polishing and and like I still do with my little matchboxes. I was racing them on these little plastic tracks and they just went like a bat out of hell they were so well that brings me to my, my next question which is what is your favorite hot wheels or oh, or do you have oh, one? Oh, oh. I, I, actually i can i can't answer that i can i i have a um i still have my original hot wheels car the first hot wheels car i ever got 
which would I would I would have received it um, around 1975, which would have made, I would have been about three years old. The car itself is an original '68 Redline Hot Wheels car. I got it from one of my grandmother's friends, who had been on vacation to America and had brought this back for her kid, oh, and then wow. it was passed on to me. And I mean, like God, in the early '70s in the north of England, someone who'd been to America was a very rare thing. Yeah, and so I treasured this car, and it was a. Um, it was a Firebird convertible. Oh wow! It's a, with it's, the interior, it's it's, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a spectra flame red Firebird convertible. I can picture it. With yeah. uh, it's got it's got kind of zoomy headers kicking mm-hmm. out from behind the front wheels. It's obviously an original red line. Um, it has an opening hood, and you still have it. And so the story is this: it's a great story, actually. Um, so yes, that was my original Hot Wheels car, and it inspired me. It was before Hot Wheels was actually on the pegs in the UK. Right. Later on, I discovered Hot Wheels on the pegs. I love um, when you say on the pegs. You mean in the stores, hanging on the pegs yes, in the, yeah. the drugstores. <laughs> and, 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 and and I was, I mean, I was a weird, I was a weird kid, Northeast England, and I was into hot rods from a very early age. Um, yeah. And certainly, this car was a big part of that. Um, and so I always looked after that car, and I, 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 and you know, I wanted to be a car designer from a very early age. And so all the way through college, my plan was to be a car designer. Mm-hmm. And I finished my degree in industrial design at Northumbria University, um, same university that uh, Jonathan Ives. Jonathan Ives graduated the the, the and, and the the the, the, fo- the fall after he graduated, I started at Northumbria. Um, a very, very, very well established and highly regarded industrial design school, yes, and so I want to. Who is Jonathan a, Ives? I'm sorry, uh, Jonathan Ives know. is head of design for a rather small company called Apple. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, a little, <laughs> few little things we all own. <laughs> so the the so I came out of it with 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 a, with a very strong um, industrial design degree, and then I went on. I was going to go to the RCA to do car design, and I stumbled into um, a temp six month lowly temp position for Hot Wheels UK. Oh, and that's where it all started. At that point, yeah. I had to suddenly I had to, I had to go. Oh my God, is Hot Wheels still around? Yeah, like, yeah. I just hadn't thought about it. You just yeah, don't, yeah. Right? You forget. And yeah. um, especially growing up in the UK, where we would, it would have been more Matchbox in the UK than yeah, because that's a British brand, yeah. and we had Hot Wheels because we're it's American. Yeah, yeah. And so I immediately went back to my. There was a, I had a shoebox full of my my the, the cars that had survived from my childhood, and and of course the red Hot Wheels red it was line still in there. Was still in there. Oh my God, that's so cool. So. Then that was the kickoff of a 20-year, give or take some time off for bad behavior in a rock and yeah, roll yeah. band. Um, <laughs> which is its own was, podcast, by the way. Which is its own podcast, by the way. That became, that was the start of a 20-year career at, at Hot Wheels, oh. which resulted in me being head of creative for the Wheels division, vice president of design for not just product, but packaging, entertainment, all this stuff. And so, so, and so the irony of this is that I think it was the year... I think it was the the, the the Christmas after I'd resigned mm-hmm. from the end of my 20-year tenure with Mattel. Um, I was at home for Christmas with my two-year-old daughter um, in the no- in, 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 in my mother's house. And there was my family and then there was my brother with his two daughters who were a little bit older than mine. And, and I'd lost, I'd, I just imagined that that car was lost Long forever. Gone. Long gone. Of course, gone. yeah. How could it be? And then? there was a there was a there was a box of like Duplo, like the the the, the Lego bricks for uh-huh. toddlers. And I and my 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 daughter Vespa was wanting to, for something to play with at Grandma's house, and so I tipped this box out that no. that my brother's kids had been playing with yeah. for seven or eight years. Yeah, and tipped it along the floor to start playing with it. And what was in the bottom of that box? But my red line hope No, all these years have been still, waiting for you. Still with straight axles. Yeah, like yeah. My brother's kids had been playing with it at grandma's they house. Never and they had it. never 
Yeah. Um, you know, thank God for girls. Really, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Well, I can guarantee yeah. that if he'd had sons, it would have yeah. been hit with a hammer by then. Yeah. But like, oh yeah, you had to lower. I would have done. That's how you lower them. You get them with the hammer to the wheels break. Yeah. And so and so the car now the car now I I you know the car is technically my daughter's now. Yeah. Um, but that car is sitting on my desk in my office. Oh, it is. Oh, we should have a photo. We should. Can I got to interrupt and just add one other personal observation? What is it about those toys? And it must give you special pleasure to see that these toys survive. But what was it about them that 40, 50, 60 years later, 20 years later, Mm -hmm. people still say them? Brian says he still have his. I have my Matchbox and Hot Wheels that go back to the late 50s and early 60s. Um, The guy that was just in here before said, when we introduced you to him, he's like, I still have my Hot Wheels. Mm -hmm. What is... I can't tell you the millions of other toys I've forgotten about and given away or thrown away or broken. What is about that that they survive? And how does that make you feel to see something that you had a hand in last that long? God, it's, 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 there's, a, there's a very long and deep answer to that, um, <laughs> which goes on and on and on and on. But um, you got two minutes. So, firstly, so so they they, they generally they generally. Um, I think you can look at the the past um, sixty years of the auto industry as the golden years of the auto industry. I mean, you For can sure. look beyond that. You can see yeah. that the forties and the fifties in America, fifties certainly was the golden era. But yeah, but it's changing so fast now. It's changing yeah. so fast. But yeah. but but you know, there's there's three generations of of three generations have grown up with Hot Wheels, right? Mm-hmm. Um, grandparents played with Hot Wheels cars. Um, a, a generation of fathers played with Hot Wheels cars, and now there's a generation of sons. played. So through, I would say three, maybe four generations have grown up with Hot Wheels as a favorite. Connecting toy. to the car. Connecting to the car. And, yeah. and through that, through that, through let's just keep it at three generations. Through those three generations, the, um, the car uh, and its place in culture has evolved to mean different things, but has been very, very important um, to many, many different sides of society as a status symbol, as a utility vehicle, mm-hmm. um, as a means of escape, um, and a representation of, of the freedom of the open road, right? And, yeah. and we'll get on to, I'm sure we'll get on to in a moment, how the auto industry is now changing. For sure. That's um, a great segue because I, the, this whole uh, show is about connection and design. And I think that as we get into what you're doing now, I'd really like to talk about that connection that is changing in cars. But it sounds to me like what you're saying is that the, these, these little toys connect to the heart of multi-generations in a way that other toys never did yeah and i would say slightly different for each of those generations yeah. but but the aspirational the aspirational quality of like you think you think back to that original lineup that, that came out in in 68 um there wasn't there wasn't uh, there wasn't one hot-blooded male or female at the time who couldn't look at one of those cars with its spectra flame candy apple paint and, right. and, and what it symbolized and the certainly the californian dream of the endless summer wind in the hair high yeah. performance Driving. like Th- that, open road. That was that was that was. It was all about inspiration. Yeah, and, and in dollar, fact, aspiration. Sorry, for a dollar, aspiration you get a and piece inspiration. Of that yes, yeah. and 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 that that mean that stayed with that stayed with the brand for you know for for for, for fifty years. They've just celebrated their fiftieth. So where is it going? That's well, I, that's where I know you guys want to go here in our last ten minutes here. Where is it going? And will there be a Hot Wheel of a little Uber someday? Well, I think let's uh, let's help uh, transition that where it's going with what Felix is doing. One quick thing I want to do it before we right before we leave Hot Wheels and Matchbox is um, to just the thing that always I uh, noticed about the two brands is that Hot Wheels really appealed to somebody who wanted to change the proportions, do very creative things. Whereas as a budding car designer, my favorite car was the Mercury 
Country Squire station wagon, Mercury Cougar station wagon, because it looked like the car that Bosley had from Charlie's Angels, <laughs> and it respected the proportion. So this little nerd, while all my friends were having the hot rods, went, I wanted the one that looked like Mom's station wagon, because you just didn't see that in the toy industry. Was that the one with the two dogs in the back? Yes. Yeah. Oh, God, it was amazing. I believe it was, a, I believe it was an Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, but I could be wrong. It might have been a Mercury station wagon, actually. There, there was two. There yeah. were two wagons, but the, the Mercury had the swoopy well line, and they got it exact. And like, and I'll just say, as we go into what you're doing now, my biggest honor in life ever, uh, I think for any kid, is to have a, a Hot Wheels of a, of a car you made. And last year, Matchbox made uh, made a Matchbox of the Nissan Envy van, which was the last car I worked on and designed at Nissan. And that to see uh, my nephew play with a car that I designed. I know it's a van and it's a box, but it's just like, it's so surreal. And then like, he's like, wait, you designed this? And I was like, I designed the one out there, you know? <laughs> like it's the, it's so much more rewarding than any car I've ever designed that's actually on the road. The toy is the thing. Yeah. The, the way that in my career there, you know, I met, I met a lot of heroes and a lot, and a lot of very impressive people in the auto industry, right? Whether they're designers, whether, yeah. they're, whether they're motor, mo, um, like drivers, athletes, car designers, Every one of them, uh, every one of them below a certain age, were like, "Look, man, you can't believe how inspirational this br the, the because brand. of this brand or these brands. I do what I do because of these brands." Exactly. Oh yeah, and, and it so inspired to, me to, to be a cruiser. It's a badge of honor, right? To actually have one of your designs um, in canonized in the line, yeah. canonized. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's, also it's more better. It's way better than the car itself. Um, with that said, so now that Hot Wheels and Matchbox are in your tiny little rearview mirror. <laughs> <laughs> You tell us what you're doing now, because what you're doing now is like you could have a whole podcast about it. It's really about the future of automotive design and manufacturing. Give us a little uh, snippet of what it is you're doing now. So, so the, the clever segue is that in my time, um, in my time, uh, it, it, that part of my life, it was all about it was all about dreams and aspiration. It was always about it was about representing and storytelling. And, and basically looking at, at, at bringing things to life for kids, bringing, bringing um, the notion of, of, of if a kid, you know, if, a, if, a, if, a, if this is how a kid imagines a story when he's playing with a Hot Wheels car, then how do we continue that story? How do we bring that to life? And then some of the stuff I did with my now um, partner towards the end of my tenure there, where we brought Hot Wheels to life. We built mm -hmm. some full-size uh, cars and tracks, and we, we set three world records um, with these crazy stunts. And we looked at it and we were like, why shouldn't a kid with a dream be able to build his own car easily? Ah, that's so and cool. We, and we fell, into the, we fell into the world of Mattel. I, le I left Mattel and, and started hanging out in Silicon Valley in San Francisco and looking at the future of design and manufacturing. And, and this, is, this is really going back six years now. Um, and I saw this convergence of technologies. And, and, and maybe it was because um mouse and i mouse is a movie director i'm a toy designer to put it in kind of real mm -hmm. blunt terms tell, um, tell us what it's called first so people what, oh so my company is called Hackrod. it's called hack rod, hack -rod. and what and uh, tell like just what is it what would you say it does we are focused on democratizing <clears throat> excuse me we are focused on democratizing uh design and manufacturing okay so that that's what i want to get into because that is so cool like basically taking what is normally a giant industry with so many investments and bringing it to something that everybody could do yeah right yeah, yeah. and so they were inspired by to get back to your story you're inspired by so we looked around us and we yeah. saw we saw everything from the, the the advances that were being made in industrial 3d printing right so mm -hmm. we've used 3d printing for 15 20 years in my old world but it was always just for like resin prototypes suddenly you can manufacture with 3d printing 
oh. uh, virtual reality in terms of suddenly you can have a photo real experience and look at something that doesn't exist as though it's a real full-size thing. So mm -hmm. you can look at a car that is nothing more than a digital file and stand there looking at a real car and go, oh, yeah, I, you're can, in that I world. can actually do a surface review on this. Yeah, I, I don't like it when they put it in the dark neighborhood world because when you're in there, it's very scary. And yeah. I, think it, I think it affects how you it's react to the car. Because, right? Yeah, you feel like there's somebody going to come kill you in the background. But yeah. it's but the, the virtual reality world is so real that it affects your So feeling. i got to stop and ask you a question. You're yeah. saying right now today it is like the Star Trek Enterprise. Oh, yeah. You have a holodeck yeah. Mm -hmm. almost. When yes. you're doing car design reviews, you and do you it in virtual. And you can go into a room and you can walk around and look mm -hmm. at yep. it from different perspectives. Yep. Yeah, and the worlds that they that you pick to put the vehicle in affect your perception of the design. If you put it in a sunny world, you feel good. If you put it on a dark street, it's scary. So I always say, don't give me the dark street world because <laughs> I want my design well reviewed. Wow. <laughs> give me Palm Springs. Yeah, yeah. Give me Palm I want, Springs. I don't want a back street in in, uh, yeah. in, in Berlin. I get in there and I'm like, who's back there? Freddy Krueger? It's freaking me out. So, but, um, both, anyway, so, yeah. so your company does what though? I'm still lost. It, so we're, we're we are we are developing we're developing a digital platform that ties all this stuff together, right? So it's 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 VR enabled. It's not VR exclusive. You mm -hmm. can you can use it on a desktop, but it's VR enabled, um, and it links um, it, it it links the ability to automatically bring in manufacturing data, manufacturing CAD um, into a light environment that is that is that is consumer friendly. Think about it like a video game. Mm -hmm. You can manipulate heavy manufacturing CAD as easily as though you're playing a video game. You can at, right now we're working on just configuration, so you mm -hmm. can build a custom motorcycle from off the shelf parts that are all pre-engineered so you can sort of so it allows you to sort of design your own vehicle but the kick if i understand correctly is that you can actually make it then you can kick it out to manufacture oh, and that's where you that's know, so cool so you can grow the car in your yeah. own home like using a 3d uh, this this um compositing i forget what they call it but but it actually printing aggregating yeah, yeah. It, you take this goop and this powder and it suddenly aggregates and turns it into a real life that's example the, that's i mean that's the that's the long-term vision yeah short-term vision is there are bureaus popping up all around the world that can that can 3d print um finished parts right and we're starting with we're, we've got some high concept stuff with cars um mm -hmm. but we're starting with motorcycles because at the moment the price value is right there for a set of <clears throat> custom printed fenders and a gas tank for mm -hmm. a custom motorcycle which means that you're into the world of on-demand manufacturing there's no moqs you can offer the consumer hundreds or thousands of individual like motorcycle gas tanks each one of them different and it's not based on like I've got to make sure that I sell you know twenty thousand of this before I break even because it's 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 printed on demand. Yeah, it changes the business model from which has been the car industry standard for so long of making a little bit of money on a lot of cars mm -hmm. into being able to make a niche or one off yep. manufacturing and you make and that becomes profitable. Yep. Yeah, it's really exciting. I mean, I I've been following it you know since for for years you know as you developed it and it's just such a cool idea to like know that the future of car design is changing from being something that you actually have to go to school for and, and get a degree and do all this thing, but that anybody can sort of be guided and affect it, almost like how the music industry allows you to push and pull sounds and that's play a, with stuff. That's a perfect analogy. It's, you know, I mean, I, I, was, I was in a serious band for about five years, and then mm -hmm. I witnessed the, the compression of that industry through things like iTunes and then GarageBand, and suddenly, with no training at all, you could make music just by playing a game. You could drag and drop things. All of the hard work's done for you, and mm -hmm. you can just be creative, if, regardless of your background. Mm -hmm. And so that is inspiration for, all right, well, what, what's next? The, the movie industry got compressed with digital, um, digital cameras, GoPro, editing suites that were accessible on anybody's laptop, so suddenly anybody can make a movie, right? Mm -hmm. Well, for me, next, industrial design, 
Absolutely. Anybody yeah. can be an industrial designer. And then you and you allow people to express their creativity in ways they never could have. Which leads to a whole nother topic of really what what's what are we going to see? Like everybody always says the same things. Uh, cars always look the same today. Now, when they were in the olden days they looked different. Today they all look the same and I always say just wait to see what's coming. Because the amount of creativity coming and our, that's going to be in our world is yeah. phenomenal. And especially when you combine that with, with, with you know, electric platforms, so you, the, the packaging of a, of a car changes completely. Yeah. Autonomous systems are also going to bring down the safety requirements so the packaging changes again. And you can right. do pretty crazy stuff if you're not restricted by yep. pedestrian safety, traditional combustion engine packaging, crumple zones, other, et, yeah. cetera, et cetera, can I, make the- a, can I make a suggestion here since we're running up against the clock here? I, I'm wondering if we could do a part two of this. Oh, yeah, we need to do <laughs> Because we still could spend a whole thing about, because one of the things I wanted to touch on was that that connection that people have to the Hot Wheels toys yep. that is sort of, we, the world sort of worries about being lost now or people yeah, worry about with right. the autonomous That's cars. what I asked. If you got an Uber, am I going to have a, my little kid going to want, my grandson going to want a little a toy Uber that he drives around. He can have the same connection that, that I did to that little fantasized or real car. But I maybe this is a good I, I, place yeah. for you to talk about the connection that people can have to something that they make themselves. But that's absolutely yeah. it, right? I think I think there's more likely that a company like Hot Wheels will start informing design, not mm-hmm. di- not even directly, mm-hmm. but the idea that do I want to put a devil face on the front of my little plastic box? <laughs> then I'm going to print a devil face. Do I want to have my favorite emoji? Do I want yeah. my favorite wow. cartoon character? Do I want... And yeah. suddenly you get into this whimsy that the other thing that Hot Wheels always had was whimsy. Right. Didn't take itself seriously. And in fact, some of the most popular models we ever did was the, there was like a hot rod um, lavatory. Yeah. And there yeah, was no, a no. shark car. <laughs> that and, was was, yeah. and so why not? Minecraft you want to, cars. Yeah. yeah. Just, it, it gets a little bit like Richard Scary. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. Like, like, you know, do you want to drive a banana car? You can drive a banana car. 3D <laughs> yes. printed on a standard platform and yeah. you can drive a banana car. So, you know, what I love as a designer, everything in me goes, cringe because I was like no it's got to be tasteful but what I love about it is that it just blows that away and be like what is taste it can be whatever you want it, it to be whatever be. it is everybody wants something different and, yeah. and I think that the the the, 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 the decades of chin stroking yeah, 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 yeah. Pulse, cape wearing wearing like chin stroking <laughs> yeah. like I'm guilty so chi- yeah <laughs> like, really good because your car looks like crap right exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah well I think that's a great as we get kind yes. of wrapping up here I want to make sure that people can connect with you what I love about this segment this segment it was talking about the connection to cars from the toys to this autonomous world to where it's going to go in the future felix how do people find you if they're curious about this they want to hear more about it generally hanging out in a bar on venice beach <laughs> um, it's true actually the, the, um you so you, you can i mean I, I i don't i don't i'm not one for uh, for pseudonyms like you can find me on social media as felix holst okay at, and at felix holst and let's spell that uh that's f-e-l-i-x-h-o-l-s-t Okay. Um, you're lucky you got a cool name. Yeah. Or you can you can visit Hackrod if you've got the website. There's an there's an info at if you want to send me an email if it's if it's um, well for whatever reason. But you can get me through uh, info at Hackrod. Okay. Dot com. Well, listen, I, this is so cool. I definitely want to do a part two if you have time in the future. Do, do we wait? Do we wait for part two for the favorite designer? I've been thinking about oh, this for the past half hour. You asked me. Do that we question. have a little bit of time? Let's do it. Let's Who do it is your quick. favorite designer? Um, I got two. Okay. Raymond Louis. Of course. Yeah. Now, Raymond Louis, of course, people that don't know, he created the Shell logo. He was the first industrial designer, created the Greyhound logo and the, what car? Uh, oh, the Studebaker. Yeah. A lot of Avanti. Studebakers. The Avanti yeah. and, and, and many before yeah, that. That's the one I know from yeah. Avanti. Um, and, then, and, and, and then I think uh, I, I think Gijaro, Gijario oh. is, is, is icon. There's no one greater in my mind. No. DeLorean, Volkswagen First Golf. Yeah. I mean, Isuzu Impulse, just mm-hmm. to name the highlights. So many cars. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Gijaro is a... Uh, we could have a whole segment about Gijaro. Yeah. yeah. Oh, multiple segments. Yeah. Yeah. Day. Well, thank you so much, Felix. This has been a treat. All right, this has uh, been a Such lot. a treat. Absolute yeah. pleasure. Yeah. 
Well, there you have it. Driven by design by the people who are driving it right now. Right here on Orange County's only community radio station. OC Talk Radio. Dot net.